0: Welcome to another episode of Employability Matters, a related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. We feature special guests sharing their personal career journey, as well as provide you with job search tips and relatable careers advice with your host, moi, Sophia Lewis. Joining us today, we have a very special guest and good friend of mine, Stephen Thomas, where he will be sharing his career journey as an accredited mindfulness teacher. So let's get started. Welcome, welcome, Stephen, my good friend from long, long, long time. My goodness. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yes, isn't it?
0: Yes, yes, yes. And I just love the whole thing about we're coming full circle, isn't it? I attended one of your mindfulness um, sessions back in the summer and it was amazing. And through my um, vision of this employability podcast, I was like, right, I need to get Steven on because what you are doing is absolutely amazing and your workshops are exceptional. So Mm -hmm. let's get started.
1: So I am Stephen Thomas, Stephen Ishmael Thomas. I am a certified mindfulness teacher for young people. So I I work with all ages from secondary to primary, young people in college and university, and also in the workplace, as well as adults when we incorporate
0: into our, our workshops over the summer. OK, so um, in terms of um, mindfulness, like what is your back backstory? Why did you decide to pursue this type of, is it what I call mental health training? Um,
1: it's a bit of that. It's, it's, it's almost like a rather than being clinical, it's it's more practical stuff that you can do to alleviate anxiety rather than, you know, going to talk to somebody over a period of time or CBT, whatever they call it. Mm. yourself and it's it's been around since um i think it's older than most religions it's older than christianity anyway oh wow Been doing breathing exercises and meditation and mindfulness it's just a new spin on it but they've been doing it over a thousand years Mm. oh two thousand years sorry about two thousand years yeah Mm. yeah so it's been part of the human experience for an awful long time how I got into it was that <clears throat> I've been doing yoga for about, this is my 11th year. Okay. It was part of the practice. So then I started using it in my classrooms in, in the lessons mm-hmm. that I was in, in terms of keeping the kids focused and, and concentrated. And I got an opportunity to go on a, a course, an mm-hmm. eight week foundation course to do mindfulness, which I really, really enjoyed with my colleague, and Mm -hmm. then that gave me the platform to go and train to be a mindfulness teacher at both Mm -hmm. secondary and primary school levels.
0: It's awesome because um, when I first started to see you posting a lot about your mindfulness um, workshops and showing small clips on Instagram and obviously you've got your YouTube channel I was like this is so good for it to be um, implemented and delivered in schools. So niche that you are focusing in primary school age. Why did you decide to focus in on primary school age at the beginning of your business?
1: Um, I think the earlier you catch young people, mm. the better they can use it in their own life so if if you kind of plant the seeds from earlier on mm.
2: regardless
1: of where they go, they can always tap into the the mindfulness toolbox, so you find that the younger ones seem to embrace it a lot easier than um, say older young people and because mm. always questioning questioning the the, the theory and like yeah. the little nuances of, of mindfulness where the kids, they try it, they're not really sure, but it's almost like they can see other people benefit from it. So they give it more of a go. So they don't mm-hmm. have as fixed mindset as, as slightly older students and definitely adults. Mm. so I think if you catch them early and they begin to understand the way that stress works it will leave them in a better place to start dealing with difficult times in life, like now. Yeah, um, yeah. I think that a lot of our young people given the opportunity to, to learn emotional intelligence will, will grab it at two hands um, if they understand it and it's implemented in a simple, practical way. Mm. It, can, it, can, it can lead to them becoming so much more aware of themselves
0: Mm.
1: people around them
0: Mm. it's so true because um as i was saying earlier i attended um one of your workshops it was exceptional Stephen. seriously and there's one of and i remember another post that you done a post on instagram and this one was specifically for me because um it was based on um playing one of your favorite um tunes yeah yeah i remember playing one of your favorite tunes and then writing down what is going on in the mind decluttering. And, uh? yeah. the
1: decluttering exercise
0: decluttering exercise brat 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 for that man i tell you because even i will play my roy ears everybody loves the sunshine da-da-da, da-da-da. <laughs> My life, my life. in the sunshine. Everybody loves the sunshine. I'll play that and then I'll write down what is going in my mind. I am even amazed. <laughs> I've Got so much going on in here, Stephen. Do you know what I mean? So much. Yeah. When you see it on paper, you think like all of that is going on in your mind, but I'm not aware that is going on in my mind, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah.
0: Gosh.
1: <laughs> Um, what we want people to do is just become more grounded and right. a lot of people think that mindfulness is like breathing exercises the mm. breathing helps it's like the vessel but it's really noticing what's happening right here, right now and you can mm. use, especially with kids you have to use different techniques to, to kind of engage them so I think the music one the playing a song that you really really like mm think people enjoy it because it almost changes their mood or even if they're feeling a little bit down they might be what's the word they, it's almost like you can you can kind of step away from it you know because most of the time when we're finding things difficult it's hard to remove yourself from the physical physical emotion and emotions are exactly that you know they can change in a minute so it's really trying to make sure that if you're feeling a certain type of way, being able to find ways of, like, it's a feeling, and feelings can change. Mm. And if you step away from it or try to neutralise it, it can actually mean that it's just a feeling. And And you can just see it as that, rather than Mm. it's big a much bigger, you know, when you start to snowball or you start to catastrophize and it becomes a lot, it can just be encompassing
0: yes so yes
1: it's, it's teaching people to kind of do that i mean you mm. do it all the time and yeah. it becomes automatic yeah and i'll give you an example my daughter i think it was was it yesterday or friday she basically had a piece of homework that she needed to do and she couldn't find it it wasn't in her maths book yeah so she became flustered and she started, to, she started to get really upset. Yeah. So I said to her, okay, let's talk this through. Now, do you know where the homework is the last time you saw her? She said she couldn't remember. I said, okay, is there a way of you contacting one of your friends to see if they can just take a photo of it and then send it to you? So just finding strategies outside of her. So I said, What's okay, going? so yeah. even though you're feeling anxious, why did you just let it snowball? Yeah, because then you're not thinking clearly,
2: mm. and then
1: it becomes even bigger. So let's step back from it. So it's almost like talking her through it. Right. You
2: know, because mm. you,
1: know, you can't think clearly if you're upset. True. <laughs> yeah. Most of us can't think clearly when we're upset. So it's really not allowing ourselves to just justify and make mm. it a lot bigger than it needed to be. Mm. So it just been misplaced somewhere where it just slipped down somewhere in her room. And within five minutes, she found it, you know. It was more about when you feel anxious, why are you allowing that to be consuming you? So that was for me and her to kind of go through because it's like you're in a new school and um, sometimes you can't find the classroom. You should need, you know that you can go into your toolbox and find things that will keep you calm rather than making it a lot bigger than it is.
0: That's awesome. To be able to go in that toolbox and find things that will not allow everyday situations be all encompassing and overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah. So um, what are the, I know we've gone through some of the benefits, but you know, if you can list some of the benefits of mindfulness.
1: Um, if practice regularly.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> about practice.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I think people, one of, my pe- one of my pet hates is that people only start doing breathing exercises when they start to feel stressed. Mm. It's like doing exercise when you know, you're at the, the other end of trying to lose weight. If you're doing something from, and it's part of your practice, when things come up, you're able to deal with them a little bit better. So mm-hmm. uh, it helps with focus. It helps with concentration. It helps with your communication. It right. helps you with your reflection and your awareness and just understanding where you are in, in this whole thing. So right now, people are finding it really, really difficult, yeah? And that's okay. But yeah. what can you do outside of the things you can't change just to maintain some kind of, of calmness, mm. yeah? You know, because things are not going to change You know, for the next month. So it's really what what can I do for this month to get me prepared if we then have a continuation or we go into another lockdown? So it's really about building resilience. And it isn't easy, you know, because a lot of the time as human beings, we have this short circuiting. So what happens is is that in order to basically um, have all of these thoughts in our head, our brain does the shortest route, yeah? Which sometimes isn't helpful. So sometimes it's really about um, undoing all of that learned behaviour, how your brain works. If Mm. you start to get upset, yeah? Think about why you're getting upset, Mm. yeah? It's really as big as you think it is. Mm. Um, Sitting in stillness, you know, going for walks, doing some activity, you know, listening to music, doing something you really, really enjoy mm. and change the way you feel. So it isn't just about breathing, it's about making sure you have enough things around you that keep you grounded. You know, so for instance, for me, <clears throat> and I said this quite a lot, I'm doing more cycling.
0: Right, yeah.
1: So if I've been in the house all day because mm. there isn't much to do outside of home,
2: mm-hmm. like,
1: if you're having to work from home, Mm. And you have to do other things in the home. Just being out your house for one or two hours can really make a difference in terms of the quality of your day. Mm. A walk, going to the gym, um, running, whatever it is, you know, just changing your environment just for a little while. And obviously daylight's important, um True. is important, you know, all of these things are important in terms of keeping ourselves in a place where we can be our best, the best version Mm. of ourselves. And Mm. I know that a lot of people are finding it difficult, but they're not understanding why.
2: Right.
1: You know, for me, it's like, why are you feeding a certain type of way? Mm. You know, and the mindfulness will help you understand if you're able to reflect better, because it physically grows this part of the brain, which is called the, I call it the PFC, it's the prefrontal cortex.
0: Okay, when
1: you have more oxygen going into that part of the brain, mm. it thinks a lot better. So, it's, it's your control center,
2: mm. yeah.
1: So, this controls all the other parts. So, if you can manage this, you can manage your anxiety, you can manage your stress, mm. you can manage when, when things come up a lot better. You can manage mm-hmm. when you've done something wrong to somebody and you need to apologize,
0: apologize, you
1: yeah, a lot better if you thought about the reasons why you've done that person wrong. You know, your social skills, how we communicate. You become a better listener. You know, we all need to be better listeners. So, you know, my mommy used to tell me the reason why you need to listen better is because you have two ears and one mouth. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's you know. so true. Yeah. It's, a, it's good. It's really good because um, I'm thinking about when we were all put in lockdown in March and um, I... For me, I was able to still be working up until July. So I was able, yeah, I was, I I was, that was a blessing for me. I'm telling you to be able to still go to work up until July, even though the whole way that I was working was different, but I was able to go to the college and do my work and come back type of thing. But then from July up until, up until, um, I say September, you know, I've been home and, um, when the sun is out I'm grateful that I've got a garden I can sit out in the garden and once I started to practice that it made me feel so much better but then when I started to get work I would be all in the house and it'd be all consuming getting things done and then I will forget about what I need so I wouldn't go out for a walk I wouldn't go and sit out in the garden I wouldn't take my breaks I'd be on the computer like for five hours at a time and forget about all of that and then I wondered why I'm so tired I wonder why that I don't really have the capacity to speak to people and my friends and they say oh so what's going on and I'm like I'm just so tired but not forgetting that I haven't done the work or as you said go into that toolkit and find the things that work for me in order for me to be the best version of myself so um yeah. and what I'm taking from it is the importance of we have to be responsible for that nobody is going to say to me that so if you need to do this you need to do that I have to be responsible for that as well you know so even after we have this wonderful convo I need to have a go for a walk or just do a little sit down without any devices or any internet for a while, just to (laughs) chill out for a bit, you know?
1: Yeah. Find whatever makes you feel good. You know, what's what works for you might not necessarily work for me and vice versa. So Mm. I try and start my day, even in bed, just 10 minutes doing a meditation. Mm that basically means that when I start my day, I'm a lot more centered.
2: Mm. And
1: if I don't do that, then I'm, I'm, I'm moving around like a, not a headless chicken, but I'm on autopilot because I haven't yes. set the day up to make sure that everything's right. So even if you can't do it in the morning, find time at some point in your day to sit down just for a couple of minutes and just reset and um before you know it becomes part of your practice, you know, because you're doing it all the time. You know, I think, how long does it take to, to create a good habit? Yeah, so if you do something for a certain amount of time, it becomes mm. part of your routine. Mm. And even then, I've been able to do yoga every day because I noticed that I'm a, I'm a lot tighter now yeah. for whatever reason. So it basically means because there's time, I spend time, maybe 45 minutes Mm. doing my upper body or my legs or whatever. And then at least that sets me up in terms of of getting rid of the anxiety or or stress because we're not moving around as much. True. Everybody that's been at home has been very stationary. Yeah. It means that you're you're working in a space that is your home now and that can be quite difficult Mm. because you are trying to study, you're in one room doing Zooms, someone's in, mm. another, in the front room on the, on the table doing stuff, and having all the different people in the house can be quite stressful.
2: Mm. You New
1: know, ways of working, you know, they're not easy.
2: Mm. And they're not
1: easy for a lot of our kids, especially coming from big households, you know, they might have little siblings. So I think that with this second lockdown, um we need to look at the time of year it is, you know, because I think the first time it happened the days were much longer.
0: Yeah.
1: People were at least able to go out for walks and stuff. Mm. And you can you can kind of do that now, but you've got a shorter window unless you like walking around at night time. Mm.
2: Some
1: people is good. Mm. But you're getting out a little bit earlier.
0: But it's fine. A- Yeah, we've got to find something because the Prince's Trust, they had a report to say that 46% of young people um, have raised anxiety levels because of the first lockdown, um, which was during springtime, isn't it? As you said, we have to try to find ways in order to remain centred, to remain calm. Um, But it can be a challenge. Can I say, but it can be a challenge? Of course. Yeah.
1: Is you know, if these things weren't challenging, you wouldn't be living life. Mm. But I think people are a lot more resilient than they give themselves credit.
0: Okay, mm.
1: so yeah, if you haven't had challenges in your life, then you haven't lived.
0: Yeah, true,
1: so agreed. easy for you, then you haven't lived. Yeah, I mean, outside of this, we've always had challenges, mm. um, and things have been difficult for periods of time. Mm people kind of need to remember how difficult, we've all had difficult periods in our lives, yeah? Outside of COVID. Mm. Really, if you're able to get through that, I'm sure you can get through this.
2: Mm.
1: It's really, um, you're looking at the end goal, you're looking at the bigger picture, thinking, okay, come spring 2021, where do you want to be?
0: Yes, it's time to do some planning and, as you said, um, some self-reflection because yeah yeah.
1: definitely I've learned a lot about myself in the last what seven months
0: yeah yeah me too (laughs) I thought that I was an extrovert but I'm quite an introvert I'm quite happy to be in my home
2: yeah no
0: yeah and I thought that I was way extrovert you know what I mean but I think now for this season I'm happy to be in my home I'm happy to be planning and and, I'm you know I'm grateful for this time as well, Stephen, because I'm able to get projects up and running, things that have been, you know, in my diary, in my journal, said, yeah, I want to do this in 2020, but because of work and busyness, I haven't enabled it to, you know, lift off yet, but now I can because I've got the time, got yeah. the time, you know? It's so- a, a
1: opportunity
0: for people. Yeah. Yeah definitely. So can you share testimony in how your service has positively impacted your students or the people that you've come into know. contact with? Yeah. There
1: was a time well, it wasn't that long ago I had a really good class. No, I've, I have, all my classes are good. <laughs> yeah. Just so they don't. Uh, <laughs> um, but I found it difficult not having that daily interaction with them. So I I really missed the kids that I worked with. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: I really missed the ones that I didn't end up seeing graduate and move on to um, secondary school.
0: Yeah.
1: And seeing them transition, that Mm. that was really, really difficult because that was it. We didn't have any contact with them um, after we weren't allowed to go into schools. But before that... um, I had a really good relationship with a teacher, Miss Kofi, and some of her students, what she did, she surprised me. So what they did was they just spoke about, um, their experience of of mindfulness and how it helped them. And, um, I'm not going to lie. I was nearly in tears.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because, um, they were really, What's the word? They're really expressive mm. and really um, articulate mm. in their language. You know, they knew when they were feeling anxious, they knew when to use mindfulness and all the little mm. things we did with them, you know, around their exams. And, you know, some of them had immigration problems mm. on top of taking exams. And they would still use mindfulness to get them into you know, when it was time to do the exams, they would still do their beaming exercises. Awesome. They still remember to do all of that, you know, and it was like, it was such a moment when, because sometimes you feel like when people don't comment or give you feedback, it's Mm. just going through the motions. So when they actually reflect, you know, you can see the good work that you're doing. Mm kind of thing you know we get reminded every now and then by the kids of the the good work that we're doing you know as adults in schools and Mm. and it's 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 like yeah those are the reasons why we're there that's the reason why I'm there you know we're trying to give our young people all the tools that they need that we didn't have you know we Mm. only learning them as adults
2: yeah yeah enable
1: them to be the best version of themselves you know we want young people that are can think for themselves, you want them to be able to question things, you know, you we'll want them to be able to be independent, you want them to be able to reflect, you want yeah. them to, be able to articulate themselves, you know, you want them to be emotionally aware. Mm. So that's the emotional intelligence, and most of the time in schools it's about the academics. Yeah. You know. All about when they're going to the real world and they have to deal with people and you haven't taught them that? You know, so it's giving them life skills that they can use, you know, rather than you know, the, the maths and the English and the science
2: mm.
1: kind of thing. And you know, it's 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 such a good thing to see when you see them on their journey. Cause sometimes it can be really, really difficult because you get you can get stuck with some students, a lot of students don't see the benefits. You know, but the way I try to deliver it, I always try to make it fun and engaging. I
0: you see, know. I see your t-shirts. I see the t-shirts that you wear. I just love them.
1: Yeah, is it Jesus
0: a, is a black woman? I like is it Jesus is a black woman? I say I, I, yeah.
1: I saw God and she's black. Yeah, yeah, and
0: say it again. Say it again.
1: I saw God, and she's black. That's it. So the shios, so it's the double thing, isn't it? So it's the God is black, and then the, so it is it isn't that I'm trying to make a statement? It's it's to make them think. Yes. Yeah. So the girls will be like, "Why would God not be a woman? Yeah, since women are the creators. Mm. Yeah, before all these male-dominated religions, the female deity was worshipped all over the world. So they then go and find out. So it's about researching. Yeah. Always have a conversation about culture and race and feminism, all the things that they don't really talk about in school.
0: They don't. They don't. I was having a conversation with um, my godbrother yesterday, in fact, um, and we were talking about the importance of, young people having or training them I don't know if that is the right word so that they have a curious mind you know because that is definitely a great life skill to have and when you're we talking about how you know it was just so great for these young people to be able to know when to use which mindfulness techniques in which situations I was thinking about mindfulness needs to be taught alongside Maths, English, do you know what I mean? It needs to be embedded within the curriculum because then as we know, and you know, we need people to be resilient. We need to people to identify, you know, when they're going through a certain situation, what tips and techniques that they can use in order to survive. We know there's a high suicide rate. Again, you know, Princess Trust with all their wonderful figures and data. Gloom and doom data with regard to our wonderful young people. Is. Mindfulness needs to be embedded within the curriculum. It really does.
1: You know, yeah, I would, I'm happy to support that, and I think that a lot of schools are slowly buying into awesome. know, it being becoming part of the culture of the
0: school. Key you things, know? key things, Stephen. Key key things. You know. So, um, with regards to mindfulness, um, what professional training and qualifications did you do in order to be an accredited mindfulness teacher
1: so I did so I went through three stages I initially did so to become a mindfulness teacher you have to do an eight-week course of mindfulness yourself mm. just so you don't have any 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 um, amateurs <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know what you mean ah, you have to go for it yourself
1: <laughs> yeah, so- it's something that it sells itself. If 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 people believe that you're t- selling them something that you would use, yeah, you know, it's a good thing. If you are selling it because you want to make money, mindfulness isn't the one. There's mm. so many other things that make money. You don't have to be be personal. True. Um, so you have an Eight week course. I did mine in um, I think they called the My- London Mindfulness Centre, and I know they did the training at Fitzrovia Square. Uh, so that was eight eight three hour eight weeks of three hour sessions with one day of just mindfulness from the morning to the evening mm. that was a bit bizarre because we were just meditating all day so wow. system, yeah we were really heightened um then after that i was able to qualify to do i did a secondary course called dot b which Mm -hmm. is run by MISS, so the National Mindfulness Training Company that train um, people in school, so either Mm -hmm. teachers or support staff or leadership. So then you do... That was a five-day course in central London, but they do it all over the country, and you basically um, do the five-day course so you can go and then teach it in your school. Mm. And then I've also done, so that's dot .B. Um, and then I've done the primary version, which is Pause B, which mm-hmm. is just different in its language. Okay. Framed a little bit differently. You know, so it's like you can't have the same language for primary and secondary school, obviously, because mm. kids are different ages. So it's just framed a little bit different.
0: Mm. So with these um, types of qualifications, you can then go into primary schools, secondary schools. And you also said that your um, your next client group are adults as well, isn't it? Yeah, because we need, I need <laughs> mindfulness teaching. Adults,
1: young people in the workplace. Yeah. I'm working with the biochemistry company, biochemistry. Oh.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: I've got a couple of young people young people. Uh, mm. you know, under thirty.
0: Awesome. The mindfulness teacher. What types of skills and qualities? Top three skills and qualities. Do you believe are necessary?
1: Um, a growth mindset.
0: Hmm.
1: You gotta be dynamic. So you gotta be an interesting person. Okay. If you're not, I don't know if I'm interested. But I think that a lot of the time with the kids, because of my personality
2: yeah,
1: I'm quite personable um, that's my way of communicating with them so I think you've got to be a really good communicator and you got to be I feel like if I'm doing mindfulness or yoga with someone I kind of need to like them
0: yeah I mm, understand
1: if I've got a yoga teacher that's really quite robotic for me it's a struggle because yoga is it for me it's, it's something that's, it's, it's quite, um, it's, it's, there's lots of things going on. So if you're quiet, not with it, or, you know, it's, it's weird, but I've had teachers that are almost like robots, mm. but you're teaching something that's quite, you know, you gotta have emotion in it. So I think that being patient, growth mindset, being a really good listener, is really important and giving your students space to express themselves and patience is probably the most important one because mm. the um, changes don't happen overnight it's almost like there's incremental changes that happen with with, with the people that you work with so i see changes mm. in kids throughout the year mm. i'll say to them this is how you came in this is your baseline and this is where you are now. Mm. Have you seen a difference? And sometimes they don't notice it. I said, I've noticed a considerable difference in your listening skills. Mm. But the fact that when I ask you a question now, instead of saying no, 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 it's like, no, you will answer it. Because you know, I don't do no's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, innit? No.
1: I'm going to come back in two minutes. And I yeah. say my expectations are high. Mm. I, mean, I expect everybody to contribute. Mm. Because what you usually have is you have your f- five or six kids that always put up their hand. No hands. If I point to you, I'm, I want you to try and answer my question. And I use the word try because you, it's almost like giving them the room to be able to work out what they need to say.
2: Yeah. Oh, right, I'll come back to you.
1: But I'm, I'm going to get you to try and answer the question. Yeah, because yeah. We don't do fixed mindsets in here mm. it's about buying mm. if you buy, that's all i can ask of you if you're not going to try then this isn't going to work
0: exactly because and it's a good buying. thing
1: yeah you're trying to teach them things that they're going to need for the rest of their life so if you're right. never going to try stuff
0: mm. how are you
1: going to make it forward
0: Mm -mm. because the one thing that i've definitely noticed in the classroom is that um, people are students tend to be um intimidated sometimes because of others in the room they may feel that others are more intellectual than them or know more than them presuming that and they don't want to raise their hand and they don't want to share and you know the one thing that i always love to when i see my wonderful students is that you know nobody in here is an expert you may see me standing here but mm. don't count me as an expert i'm facilitating this particular session around whatever topic it is but everybody in here has an equal platform to share their insights and their knowledge at the end of the day you know so it's important to okay. instill that confidence in them definitely
1: i'm learning as much as them and i always say that yeah. I last year um, we were having a conversation about um, class and, and we do a game called vote with your feet so we give them a question and it's, it's a dynamic exercise so if you agree with the question you go to one side of the room if you do disagree with the question you go to the other side of the room yeah but at any moment you could be chosen to give the reason why you oh
0: chosen.
1: you can't just choose a side of that like, because
0: yeah because susie is over there so i'm joining susie
1: <laughs> why did you choose yes
0: yeah you yeah
1: know? and you get the you get the students into habit of like yeah you've chosen this side but you need to justify why
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, where it just hands up it'd be like as i said five students answering the question and the rest of them they're their lifeboats so, thingy will answer, because, and it basically means the rest of them can hide.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah? So it's important that if they have an opinion, you need to justify that. So I remember a young man saying that he believed in equity over equality.
2: Okay.
1: I asked him why, because mm. if somebody is disabled, you giving them the same resources as somebody who's able-bodied mm. isn't going to help them. So you need to cater to their needs. So if they need certain things, then the equity would help them rather than just treating them like everybody else. Mm. For me, that was like, this is a 14 year old boy talking about things most people. 14.
0: 14, okay. Wow. Mm.
1: You know, and those kind of discussions about class, and race and all the ism, sexism, fem- you know, awesome. are really for our young people, but they don't always get the platform or they don't feel comfortable discussing religion with mm. certain you know, with teachers that they know you're going to just belittle them. So you don't mm. have to, you know, it's not about agreeing with me. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean to be able to um instill the confidence to say that your opinion counts and it matters it doesn't matter if you disagree with Susie or Tommy it's fine you know we're all here to have a discussion and for us to respect your thoughts and your decisions at the end of the day so are there any ups or yeah ups benefits advantages or any downsides to the type of work that you do
1: um The downside at the moment is I'm not in school. Um, Even though I can't get into schools to kind of, I've I've offered them services where we could do online, Google Mm. Classroom, you know, Teams, whatever.
0: Mm.
1: You know, we can do that. Definitely. Via Zoom or text. I think there's an important role mindfulness can be used to, Help the young people, or whoever it is, mm-hmm. is try to deal with the current situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a very good insight into your your role as a mindfulness um, teacher and you are the founder of your own business yeah talk about your business talk about your business (laughs) and how we can get in contact how corporate you know what i mean everybody to um you know hire you to do an online zoom you know mindfulness workshop you
1: can find me on my website mindbubbles.co.uk um I'm also on social media, Instagram, Mind Bubbles Project. Um, I have a YouTube channel, Mind Bubbles Project, and I'm on LinkedIn. And it's Steve good. H, Thomas. Um, I'm really hoping that, because I probably don't do this enough, I need to be able to let people see me and see what I do. But I know that a lot of people are trying to support me just putting myself out there. So I don't mind social media. You know, what I've learned this year is that if you had told me last year that I'd be on YouTube, I would have laughed at you. If you had told me people (laughs) interviewing you like like yourself, I would have said no. Yeah. Uh, I've been on a couple of panels about young people's mental health this year that I really enjoyed. And you know, people have interviewed me in terms of the work I do. Awesome. And even though I feel like an imposter. Um, that's more about me.
2: Mm.
1: Um, but in the bigger scheme of things, I mm. think that seeing men or people that look like me doing yeah. the work that I do is yeah. really important. And the mm. reason why I think I can do my job well is because I speak the same languages. The kids, I sound like them. I kind of look like them, you know, when I walk in and I've got a t-shirt on or certain trainers that like, they like, they gravitate towards yeah. me.
2: I'm not, yeah. I'm, not,
1: I'm not going in there to make them look a certain type of way. Mm. And I quite enjoy the conversations that we have. And I love banter, mm. you know. So, you know, they can make a joke of me and my bald head or whatever, blah. I don't, <laughs> I don't really take it back. Yes, yeah, so I had a kid ask me, what what, what shampoo do ball men use? You know <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. I, I can take a joke. Yeah.
1: yeah. I can take a joke. But just remember this, when I come back, yeah, I shoot kill. I don't mess about. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's true. I, I enjoy that, because it, that also, um, it's something that, some of them don't have they don't have mm. conversations with elders they don't have conversations with elder males mm. especially black elder men yeah so that little bit of engagement for them
0: mm. can
1: be really important because mm. they get to ask questions that they might not normally get to
0: ask mm. so what advice would you give to a younger self me career advice yeah what career is some yeah what career advice would you give wow. to your younger self <laughs>
1: listener.
0: What's that?
1: I wish I would have been a better listener. Okay.
0: Yeah, because
1: and and I kinda had talent and I kind of took it for granted. Um so um I did graphic design at uni. So I think when we were at college together, yeah. Uh, what were we doing? I was doing I was doing
0: business. I was yeah. doing business,
1: yeah. Fellow were doing illustration, Robert was doing design for print. Design for print. Um so I was kind of like, just doing enough, always doing enough to get in you know, like to the next stage rather mm. than just, like, you could do so much more. always just that's enough, just enough. So I wish I would have I would have pushed myself mm. like, my talent, you know because I was given a god-given talent, and I didn't use it to its full ability. Mm. Um, being a good listener like listening to people when they were talking to me. Because I think when you're that age, you think you know everything.
0: Yeah, we do, don't we? I thought I knew everything. Nobody can tell me nothing. Don't,
1: don't go there. <laughs> and
0: you go there, you know what
1: I yeah. mean? Don't do that, and I do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. I get a going in Clapham Junction, knowing that I shouldn't be there. Yeah, My buddy said, don't go there, and then I get run hot, yeah? <laughs> Just because I'm not listening.
0: Not listening. Um,
1: Yeah, having taken the opportunities that were presented to me. Yeah. Not always knowing that there were opportunities. Um, Just being, I wish I was a lot more aware. Mm. I really did, you know, I wish I was a lot more aware.
0: Well aware, self-aware of your strengths and areas that you need to develop on. Mm. When you're
1: when you're growing up in a certain place, mm. that's all you see.
0: Yeah,
1: and I had the opportunity to see outside of that.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I had the opportunity to live abroad and and, and see a, a different world
2: mm-hmm.
1: outside of my my original world, mm-hmm. and it kind of gave me a better understanding of like globally, the world is a lot bigger than your city or your borough right. know, or wherever you live. Mm. I think that young people need to see that London isn't the only place. Yeah. They can go home to their parents or grandparents and be be a lot more productive given more opportunities. That's
2: know, true,
0: that's true. Be- mm.
1: they can struggle. I wish I had gone to maybe the Caribbean or West Africa and, and kind of done stuff.
0: Okay, before you sort of like settle down.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. I hear you. uh,
1: Mm. London, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's true. Because growing up, I know you know both of us. You know, born and bred in Hackney, and I, my mum always made sure that my six weeks holiday was not spent in London. I was in Jamaica or I was in Canada. Oh wow! I would spend like six weeks in Jamaica or six weeks in Canada, and Mm. that was a blessing for me. Even though we didn't have much, um, my mum was able to put by her pennies with her pardon and whatever, so is able to catch a flight. And I was, I am grateful for that. I am grateful those for those experiences, and my mum and also my dad. You know, my dad also made sure that I had a good experience of the world too. So we always was going to, my dad was part of this, um, like this Beijing thing. So Mm. we would always go to dances and go to like France and, you know, buy, pack up, you know, bought car of, you know, French baguettes and um, croissants and alcohol type of thing. But there was always a dance afterwards as well. So. I was able to go Amsterdam young, able to go to France young and everything. So my mum and my dad were able to, they didn't know at the time what they were doing, but you know, upon reflection, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was able to to see the world at a young age. And I'm grateful for that because for me, that built a high level of self-esteem in me as an individual, especially going to the Caribbean young, you know, oh my gosh, best thing ever for me. (laughs) you know
1: yeah loved it loved it yeah and i think um like being able to travel because those times it wasn't a norm true you either went home to where your parents were from and that was really i remember going to the us when i was like 11.
2: wow
1: new york for like the whole six weeks and that blew my mind Oh gosh. So I was basically in ground zero hip hop. Like we lived my, my aunt lived two 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 blocks away from Soundview. Oh know. my gosh. I was there in eighty two, immersing myself in, in the culture and I didn't even know. Wow. Anything. And I remember going to Nigeria as well when I was thirteen and mm. that, that, that blew my mind.
0: Awesome.
1: And, um, yeah. Like being able to travel back then was a was a luxury.
0: Yeah, that's why my mum and my dad have always said it's important for me to know where I come from. So, you know, um, family holiday to Barbados, family holidays, you know, to Jamaica, young, was um, was the best thing ever that they could ever give me, um, you know, upon reflection, you know. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful
1: thing. Um, hats of salute to your parents for doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think travelling is another important life skill that mm. we need. Some of them haven't even travelled outside of London.
0: That's what I'm saying. That's that's it. That's it. I remember um, I was working at Tower Hamlets College and there were two trainers there, Georgina George and Tina Shoday, and they were doing... Remember New Deal, back in the day's New Deal programme mm. um, for the unemployed? And they were the first to pioneer for that particular programme to get the program attendees to go to canary wolf and to have a, a lunch at a canary wolf restaurant where they were waited upon because many of them living in tower hamlets but not having what not ever going to canary wolf which is maybe a mile away from their home mm. to sit in a restaurant and to be waited upon you know so those things are really good to you know broaden the mindset and to know that that they have a seat, that they are able to access those types of opportunities and services, you know.
1: Yeah, which is a tale of two cities, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. First of five boroughs in London,
0: hmm.
1: followed by Newham and Hackney. So a lot of our kids don't get to see the fruits of what the other parts of where they live. Right. That people are accessing every day. So- I used to
0: love living in Hackney. Big up, Haggiston, you know? (laughs) I love living at the Adventure Playground. I loved it, loved it, loved it, you
1: know? No, things were difficult, and I don't think we realise how difficult things were for our parents. Um, We were still able to have a pretty balanced childhood. Yes. top of everything else. So I think you can have those type of difficult childhoods and enjoy it. You can Mm. do COVID Mm. quite easily. If you
0: can yeah. go up and you just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, can you you understand? Do you remember how the estate was, Stephen? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I remember I would get off it. I would go and visit Tracy. Then I'd go down Middleton Road and sometimes i feel, think, oh, my gosh, I've got to walk, walk through Holly Street <laughs> Estate, but i will be frightened of the dogs. Yeah? yeah. So I'd be like, because you remember back in those days, the dogs were just running rampant, isn't it? Yeah. There was no that dog really on lead. <laughs> Yeah.
1: You that's what I mean, and that was our world. You had like glue sniffers. You had muggings. Yeah, I said this sort of like muggings was like a daily thing. Mm. Um, you had the police harassing you, mm. um, like almost daily. You had higher unemployment. Yeah, you had higher deprivation, mm. and still people were able to to kind of get on with their lives. True, and and smile. So True. I think that we can, we've been resilient. Yeah. This is the thing, it's part of our makeup.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like
1: we that. It's like, it's not even, things have always been difficult. Mm. You know, things have always been difficult for people like us living in places and communities. where mm. we become, I hear you. Um, when you put it into a wider context that even though we're worried about COVID, If you go to countries where COVID isn't even something they're thinking about because they're worried about the next meal or how to provide for your family, I think that puts it into context for me when I'm reminded how difficult it is for the eighty percent of people in the world, yeah, that are living in the now but are worrying about things that are so much bigger than COVID for them.
0: Yeah true that's really putting that into perspective isn't it
1: yeah i've got to i've got to remember that
0: yeah
1: i have to remember that because if this is the only thing that's worrying me then i'm quite privileged
0: true very true yeah and that's what i love um with regards to the work that you do about mindfulness it allows you to be in the present moment isn't it yeah focus on the now so what type of, if somebody's interested in becoming a mindfulness practitioner, teacher like yourself, um, yeah. what career-related websites can they access online to get more information?
1: So you can, I would first do your eight-week foundation mindfulness course. You can do that with anybody. You can do that right. online. Mm-hmm. Just choose one that suits you or prices, whatever. Once you have that eight-week mindfulness course, you can choose various different bodies. Mm -hmm. I tried with MISP which is M-I-S-P and they seem to have an extensive range of courses that you can do Mm -hmm. in order to get into schools. Um, I found them quite good, quite practical. Mm -hmm. I like support, you get resources and um, it enables you to go into schools with certification. I think it's a good opportunity for people to while they're not as busy, doing the eight week course, maybe two, three hours in the evening or wherever they, whenever they set up, will give you the opportunity to then get ready for all the other stuff. So you could have this stuff done by spring.
0: Mm, That's good that, yeah. So that's a good focus and spring, as we know, only around the corner, you know, we're coming to the end of the year.
1: I'm signposting, I said, get your eight week done now and then do one of the primary or secondary, which will basically mean by spring, I can bring you into school. Mm. Yeah, because what I really want is to get younger people, because I'm getting too old for this. Um, Ah,
0: No, you're not. You're getting
2: too
1: old for this. You know what it is? The young people in their twenties, like late teens, twenties, they're the bridge for me. So they can relate to the kids a lot better than I do. I'm like a granddad to them. I remember I said, I I mentioned something about playing football for Barcelona and my daughter laughed at me. And I had one of the kids say, not being funny, Stephen, but you're too old. (laughs) You're too old. (laughs) Yeah. Getting young people in in spaces like this, Mm. they can engage the kids Mm. in a a language. So the Mm. kids are more engaged with them. Mm. It's really about, me, you know, I want set of young people that can go into schools awesome yeah, i'm doing
0: awesome awesome that's great legacy building right there you know awesome yeah so, so
1: we, even you know we're, we're recycling mm. good practice i think awesome. that they can then train younger people under them and then it becomes becomes something that's we're doing as part of our community i think We need we need to develop emotional intelligence in in young people. Awesome. In adults too, but it's just much harder. Mm. People ask me why don't I work with adults? It's like it's just more difficult. Mm. Yeah. And I find it's it's I I find it so much easier working with young people. I was doing it before I was a mindfulness teacher. It's something that I do well. Why am I then gonna work with adults that Mm. are giving me a hard time? and question everything that I'm trying to impart with them. It's just, okay. yeah, it's just going to be, a, I'm happy to do it, but it's just so much easier working with a, a service user that you find easier to engage. Mm. I think that um, where there's opportunities for them to come on board and train them up and then, then go out there and do their own business. you mm. awesome. like different businesses wherever where young people can engage other young people in um in mindfulness practice
0: awesome awesome i just love that vision it's big it's big so everybody you need to get in contact with mind bubbles um stephen could you share your instagram and linkedin and facebook uh, my, again, my, name,
1: my instagram is mind bubbles project you type that in and it comes up straight away my website is mind
0: Yeah, what you're doing is great, it's great. Could you share with us one mindfulness exercise? You know, like, I don't know if there's, like, one that you can share that we can Um, end on. Yeah, I can
1: do that. Like, yeah, because that's happened before people put me on the spot.
0: Yeah, Uh, (laughs) but I told you. I
1: overthink it. Yeah. I overthink it, and it's like, I'm going to keep it really simple. So I always start my sessions with, a grounding exercise called three by three yeah okay. mm-hmm. so three things you can see in your space
2: mm-hmm.
1: three things you can hear and three things you can feel okay. and that feeling can be inside or outside the body okay so you could be hungry mm. you could be thirsty you could be cold um you could be other things depending on but that's I need you to be present. So that's what I do with the kids, three by three. And they know exactly what to do. right in your box, Yeah. And they become instantly grounded. And that's how we set the pace of the lessons or any my one-to-ones. It's like, we start with that. And that's how we move forward. It's all about grounding, having your anchor. Yeah, you know, using your anchor in storms of difficulty. You know, you pull your anchor out, it goes down to the bottom of the, the water and it keeps you steady. I and mean, we—that's those kind of conversations we have over and over again. So a three by three exercise is a really simple exercise to do at the start of any session that I do.
0: Awesome. You know, you
1: can do it yourself, it's, it's, everybody gets it.
0: Awesome, and can I you think- do that in the morning? Like when you wake up, is it good yeah. to do three by, it doesn't matter?
1: So I okay. same room every time, because obviously you're going to run out of things. Mm. Yeah, and another one to do in the morning, is um, alternative nostril breathing, which is uh, you breathe through one of your nostrils five times and then you change, close that one, and then go back to that one, and then go back to that one. So you do five breaths in and out, five times in each nostril.
2: Mm.
1: And that clears the brain. because A lot of the time we breathe through one side of the brain a lot more than the other. Um, So it's just recentering we collaborate, you know, and then you notice that you're a little bit more focused. So, there's so many little games that we can play that I play awesome. with the kids. So, awesome. it isn't just weaving, it's, it's so many of and we have fun. Mm.
2: It's
0: have good. Fun. It is a great thing, you know. And you know, for people who are listening to this podcast, please get onto Mind Bubbles Project. Just type that into Google, and you can get all of Stephen's social handles. And you know, contact him to um, get a program delivered for you online. We can do it online too. You know,
2: <laughs>
0: there is no excuse at all. Okay,
1: everything there, ready to go on email. You know, don't. This time has given me that opportunity to, to work out prices, what I deliver online, um, how people can contact me, you know, and I'm, I'm quite blessed that I've had the opportunity to do that. I yeah. wouldn't have done that if you were just in
0: regular life mode. That's true. So this has been a great opportunity for you. So thank you so much, no Stephen Thomas, founder, director, mindfulness, um, practitioner, teacher. Thank you so much, Stephen. Hey everyone, this is your host, Sophia Lewis, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employability Matters, a careers and job-related podcast where we dive into all topics associated with the world of work. Thank you for subscribing. I very much appreciate your support and remember to share with your family and friends. It would be appreciated if you could leave a great review on our YouTube channel, Anchor FM, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I will be back next week for another great episode. So until then, remember, employability matters.